Hi, I'm George Tekmichev. Welcome back to the Eastern Target Archery Podcast. Our special guests today, the hardest working woman in archery, Brittany Salonen from the NFAA. Hi, Brittany. Hello, how's it going? Good, thanks. And the hardest working man in archery, Bruce Cull. Bruce, thanks. Welcome back. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Well, guys, you have uh, made a lot of people's weeks with the announcement from the NFAA Foundation this week that you're going to hold a tournament that essentially, I don't want to, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, is going to help replace the real life Vegas shoot on the calendar with a real life event taking place in Yankton. Yes. Um, you know, we've uh, been trying to figure out things to do. And, and this was the first one that came up that looked like it was, you know, potentially doable. And uh, we got some incredible manufacturer support and, um, you know, we opened registration yesterday and it's uh, obviously something that's going to work. So we're excited. Absolutely. So the Rushmore Rumble, a two-day competition. Tell us about the details of how this is going to be conducted. Well, the plan right now um, is we're using a brand new target. And I think that's one thing that's got everybody kind of excited. Um, several years ago, uh, Doug at Maple Leaf um, had taken the, our five-spot target and given it the Vegas colors um, so it gone from a three spot to a five spot and he just sold it as a novelty target. And we've had people talk about it. Um, you know, people have shown some interest and we thought, what the heck, what, if, why not do it now? So what we're going to do is we're going to incorporate that target. Um, we've just copyrighted it and Doug is, uh, printing up a bunch of new ones and, uh, he pretty much sold out of his inventory. So that was good. I mean, he's got people buying it. People already know that they want to practice on it. Um, but it's going to be a new target and day one of competition is going to be on that five spot Vegas target, which is the official Rushmore rumble target. And then day two is going to be on a Vegas three spot, the traditional target. Okay. So, so day one is on a new 600 round Vegas target. That's it's correct. 40 centimeter target. All the scoring rings are the same as a Vegas target, right? Yeah. Except doesn't it add one ring? No, it actually we, it takes away the seven ring. Oh yeah. The seven okay. ring. Or, sorry. The six ring. The six, six ring. Yeah. yeah seven through ten. Okay. Yeah. So it's the red and the yellow of a Vegas target. Correct. Yep. That's correct. And, and one so, thing oh, yeah, go ahead. we talked uh, extensively, George, and, and I'm sure one of the big questions is, okay, now we know what we're shooting. How are we going to score it? Well, we, we had uh, multiple conversations and, you know, we've got some great people, um, Erica Jones and, and Rachel and Brittany and I, and then we, you know, to talk to some of the pros, a lot of amateurs. And um, it was almost a unanimous, let's do it just like Vegas. So what we're going to do is we're going to shoot those two rounds just like Vegas. So you're going to have a 900, just like you would in Vegas. And all the 900s will start from scratch, just like in Vegas. And we'll have a shoot off for, to determine the winner. So, we're, you know, we're not counting the X's. Um, the, the, you know, there, there's, everybody's got neat little, niches that they do in tournaments and you know i think our forte without a doubt is the vegas format so we're going to stick with that to make it clean simple and understanding okay so 12 ends of five arrows 20 yards just like vegas yep uh but it's five arrows instead of three so what's the timing look like what's the uh, clock going to be looking like yeah we'll be we'll be four minutes just like uh the nfaa time limit basically and then okay, like shooting a five spot like shooting an nfaa five spot Correct. Yes. The, the blue face, but this is the, uh, the Rushmore rumble face. And, yes. um, people can see that by the way, on the NFAAUSA.com website. If they, if they 
have any idea of, of what a, uh, you know, the, the six side of a dice die uh, looks just like this in a way, except it's got the biggest uh, yellow and red instead of uh, black spots. So um, you can see the image of the target on the NFAA website and, um, you know, 40 centimeters, five spot target, uh, four minutes, like you said, for each end. And then the second day is more like a Vegas day. Yes, correct. In fact, it, it would be just like a Vegas day. Um, you know, it'd be the 30 arrows, um, the 10 ends of three arrows, and, you know, the same type scoring. So the second day, obviously, is going to go a little faster. Um, and I think that's what people would like to see, you know, to be able to be done. And, uh, you know, if they've got plans to leave, they'll be able to get out of the facility in a good time. So now you've got the same divisions that you offer at the Vegas shoot and the first Dakota classic, the championship division, the flight divisions and the junior divisions. So this is a tournament for everybody. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, in fact, it's uh, for easy understanding. It's a mini Vegas, um, you know, with a different target for the, for the uh, qualifications basically, or for one day of it. So yeah, I'll yeah. point out though, if I may, that you are also allowing people to shoot uh, one spot the traditional one spot uh, target for both, for either actually for the first day and the second day. So if they, yes. you know, if you have a recurve shooter show up, for example, uh, they, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of flight level recurve shooters might prefer to shoot that. So Absolutely. that is, and we know, also still have a, a 60 centimeter target, right? For the youth or Cubs. For the junior recurves. Yeah. Junior recurves. Um, that's just like Vegas also. So they'll understand that because. Oh yeah. You know, for the for the younger kids with a recurve, that's a that's a kind of a disappointing thing if you have to shoot a small target like that. So we've sure. kept that for them too. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna give scholarships away to any anybody under um, eighteen. So it's um, yeah, I mean, and we've had some great response. We're excited. Yeah, I, I have seen that you've uh, lined up a bunch of uh, prize money for this event, uh, fifty thousand dollar payout across all the divisions including some scholarships in the junior divisions, which Bruce, when you and I talked about the changes for Vegas this year, one of your big concerns was that the NFAA foundation was committed to uh, continuing to pass out those scholarships this year. And you found a way to do it. Yes. And, and actually, um, you know, we'll have to save it for another podcast because it'll be enough in itself. But the one thing I want all the listeners to know, um, this is kind of a replacement to the in-person Vegas during the actual Vegas dates. Um, however, the in-person Vegas tournament for the championship divisions is still coming. And so is the NFA national indoor. Um, they are going to be held. Uh, what we've put out there is all that we know right now, which is that uh, our hope is to have the national indoor in the month of March and the Vegas indoor, of course, um, in the month of April. Now, so that's, that's a lot right there in itself. Um, sure. Then to add everything to it, our real, real big event for the year for everybody listening except the pros, the championships, is that we're having a virtual tournament that's going to start here in about three weeks, the 1st of February. Um, that's our hope. And um, that is the virtual Vegas tournament that is going to be um, probably the highlight of the year. I mean, it's, uh, it's the flight divisions of which – you know, a lot of people don't know the numbers, but we have normally 2,500 people in that, which is two thirds of the Vegas tournament, basically. 
And we've got countries calling us. We've got individuals from all over the world, all the states in our country saying, hey, we want to do this. You know, we're going to have a reduced rate. Um, we're going to have all prizes. Uh, you know, we'll have the top three in every flight just like normal. But then the real finale is going to be, as the flights are a crapshoot, so to speak, we're going to have drawings for cash prizes to literally hundreds of people. So, and we're going to do that as a live event online. And uh, that's all yet to be determined uh, as far as the date um, when we're going to do that. So a lot of stuff coming. Sure. And you're looking at um, uh, participation from around the world for this virtual flight event for Vegas, which yes. means payouts will also go out around the world. Yes. You know, and George, one of the big things we've had, you know, with our great relationship we've had with World Archery and, um, you know, being the World Series, you know, started out as a World Indoor Challenge, then went to the World Cup and now the World Series, um, you know, the international presence has been huge. And some of the emails and, and calls we've been getting are similar to like, hey, I've shot the Vegas shoot for years, but I've got clubs all over my country that have always wanted to go and never done it. They can do this now, right? Exactly. And, and of course, yeah, the answer is yes, um, they can. And they can compete. Um, we're going to make it very, very archery user friendly. Um, and I think it's going to be a great success and people are going to have fun. That's the big thing. So we'll get another podcast together. And of course, you'll have a public announcement of exactly how and when people can start getting involved in this Vegas flight event, the virtual yes. event that will that will replace the Vegas shoot for this particular year, right? Yep, absolutely. And I think that you're still working out the amount of entry fee and that sort of thing. So all of that will be in place by the time uh, you're ready to make that announcement. Yes. And, and, you know, we're, like I said, there's a lot we're working on. We're actually just finishing the virtual NFA national indoor of which we had over 2,500 people participate in 150 different clubs. Um, very, very different type virtual where they went into our clubs and pro shops. It was really neat to get them engaged with, you know, the people that support us. Um, the Vegas flights will be considerably different. You'll have to shoot with just a certain number of people and you can shoot anywhere as long as it's the correct Vegas distance and the correct Vegas target. So um, just going to be a lot of fun, a lot of variety this year. And, you know, we've tried to do what our customers have wanted, which is the ability to shoot. And there's those that want to shoot in the safety of their own facility, their own home, their own range. And there's those that want to come and have the camaraderie of being head to head with people. So we kind of answered both the best of both, I think. Tell me a little more. Let's go back to talking about the Rushmore Rumble for people who want to make plans. Um, I'm, while we're at it, we are joined right now by uh, Steve Anderson, and he's just connecting up right now. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about um, what we're doing with uh, getting into Yankton flight availability, hotel availability, things of that nature. I know it might it might be a little early to figure some of that out, but we're basically a month out and um, it might be good to start getting some of that information out there. Um, the, the usual, for people who've been to Yankton, the usual places to fly into are uh, Sioux City and uh, you can fly into Omaha very easily from a lot of parts of the country. Uh, any other suggestions there, Bruce? Yeah, actually, the, the easiest airport would be Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Um, yeah, and, and by the way, we're probably one of the few places you can go in the middle of the United States that has three good-sized airports. They're not, you know, an LAX or a New York City. But um, the irony of it is they're in three different states. Um, right. Omaha, of course, is Nebraska. 
Sioux City is Iowa, and Sioux Falls is South Dakota. And, you know, we don't even talk miles out here. We talk minutes. Um, Omaha is a couple hours. Sioux City is under an hour, and Sioux Falls is just a little over an hour. Um, I know a lot of people fly Southwest. The only Southwest airport would be Omaha, but all the other major airlines fly into Sioux Falls, and then a few fly into Sioux City. So I would encourage you to check all those, uh, you know, if you're flying. And um, every one of those cities has rental cars. It's, uh, like I said, it's not a long drive, um, you know, pretty, pretty simple to get to. So, and when it comes to the hotels, they're all on the information that's been sent out or on our website. And um, I can tell you that you probably do want to get moving on that. Um, you know, we've, we're a pretty big tourist town. Uh, and, and this time of the year is things are open, you know, as far as availability, but I would not, and I would encourage you to hurry because this is a big event. And, um, you know, we started registration um, basically 24 hours ago. And, um, you know, we're getting close to the 350, 400 mark. And um, that's shocking in any terms. Um, so, you know, in less than a day. So I, I would encourage people to get uh, their rooms, you know, number one, their air or their transportation needs number two, and then get registered. So going to be a fun event. Hey, just uh, guess who just came in the room? Looks like he turned his microphone off, but guess who just came in the room? It is, happy new year, Steve the... Big Cat. Anderson. Hey, how oh, you doing, he, Steve? Is he that pro bowler guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. How's it going, Steve? Hi, Steve. <laughs> I'm doing well about you guys. Oh, we're oh, hanging in there. Yeah, we're loving it. Good. So did you hear that news just now, Steve? 400 people in 24 hours, and it's only going to accelerate from there. And I haven't registered yet. Oh, I think the championship may be full for anybody over six foot. Oh, well, darn the luck. I guess I'm going to have to uh, cut off my legs again. Well, or, as long as your shoot wife, the flights. You can shoot the flights. As long as your wife comes, she can win the money for you. At least it'll pay for the trip. You mean like she's done so many times before? Yes. Fine by me. I'm uh, spends the same either way. <laughs> if I have, you know, Steve, not to not to uh, not to pick on you, but it seems to me that Linda brought home more purse money this past year than you did. Um. Yeah, she did. She did. Just saying. I mean, you know, I have no shortcomings with having my wife out earn me because if she out earns me, she did pretty good. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, I prefer she always does. Sure. That would be I'll that would be great. Side, best I can. Yeah. No, no, no blow to the ego there. I think that's a fantastic thing. You know, if your wife can out earn Steve Anderson, then you, the Andersons are doing all right. Not a bad day. Yep. Yeah. Um, Brittany or Bruce, what is the capacity uh, as you project it right now for the event? Well, as as the um, CDC guidelines go for sporting events like ours, um, that's kind of a loaded question, but we're looking at around 700 people is what we could do um, the way things are at the moment. And, and for the archers out there, what that means is that puts us at about half capacity. Um, so that you can have the space about, you need between the shooters in the yeah, center well, to make this happen. And what it is, you know, in, in the way everybody will understand it, you know, on a normal target, but we have four targets normally. Now we'll have two. And there'll just be one person on the top and one person on the bottom. So there'll be an A and a B line. 
um, where we could double it if we didn't have the, you know, the social distancing uh, requirements. Um, yeah. However, the the one thing, is, as many people have said, and believe me, we're going to adapt. Um, we can easily add an additional day. Um, and of course, that's going to change some plans, you know, but I don't know that that's going to come to that. But the other thing is, um, and those of you that know me know that I'll do whatever we can because we aren't going to turn people away. Um, we own the facility. We own the venue. We can shoot 24 hours a day. Um, right now, that's just based on four shooting lines. Uh, and we can easily add a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. Um, you know, so we, we've got some pretty high uh, numbers that we could go to. It, it gets tougher, obviously, if you start a line at midnight. Um, you know, that's not something we want to do and probably not something we're going to have to do. Be a little rough on your volunteers for sure, but but uh, what I'm yeah. hearing you say though is that even though you've got 400 people, and and officially you have capacity for three or 400 more with the current scheduling, that you are going to do whatever it takes to accommodate as many people as possible. Yes, and and that's the big thing I would say about if there was ever a time, you know, <clears throat> first of all, um, since I've been involved in the NFA, one of our our class models and statements is that we won't turn people away. Um, you know, we want everybody that wants to shoot to come shoot and enjoy the discipline they shoot and we want to accommodate them. Um, <clears throat> going along with that, I've never ever pushed, you know, get your registration done now, but this is probably one of those tournaments to do it because obviously when we hit our normal expected planned out number, Anybody after that, we're going to accommodate, but it may not be on a time that they would want to shoot normally. So sure, sure. that's why I would really push them to do that. Um, yeah. So the sooner sooner people get registered, the greater the chance that they'll shoot during a normal time. If they dilly-dally too long and don't register relatively quickly, they may find themselves shooting at a non-standard time, potentially. Correct. Yep. And it also complicates things like trying to get accommodations and, and whatnot. You know, you've got accommodations outside Yankton as well. There's other towns outside Yankton with great accommodations. Yeah, but, we, you know, most people are going to want to try to get close if they can, especially yeah. this time of year. Yeah, and we've got, you know, we've got um, one of the questions that, you know, a lot of people ask is they, they've heard a lot of good things about South Dakota and our governor. And obviously she's done a phenomenal job. Um, we sure love her and love what's been going on. We've had some huge events in South Dakota. Um, you know, she's been attacked by a, a lot of political anti-everythings. Um, and, and I can tell you right now that the Sturgis rally was not a super spreader. Um, we still have one of the low rates. They, you know, the media tries to make South Dakota look bad um, and, and they have a hard time doing it. Um, we've had big events, rodeos, uh, the PBR moved almost everything here to South Dakota. Um, we've got a farm show going on right now. Most of the listeners that have been to Yankton have been through Vermilion. It's 15, 20 minutes away and there's thousands of people there. And you know what? We follow the, the CDC guidelines and, you know, people are just really, you know, they're good about it. They take it seriously. And, um, you know, in our, in our state, people know what their rights are and our state motto is under God, the people rule. And that's exactly what we do. So, you know, we're, we're, we're glad to be able to do something like this. Um, our customers, the archers deserve it. And, you know, if somebody doesn't feel safe, please don't come. I mean, we only want people that, uh, you know, want to do what they love to do. So. 
Have you had a chance to look to see where the registrations are coming from? Are they coming from all over the country or are, are a lot of them coming from within driving distance, let's say? That's a, probably a Brittany question, but I, I'm, I'm actually looking at a, the spreadsheet here and I see, I see states all over. So, I mean, I, I, I think- Yeah, so clearly people are planning to travel to this. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think and, there's any doubt about that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think at this time that any other major event, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, I, I think all other major events have been canceled or postponed. So things like the tournament that normally would take place in Iowa, Rob Coffold's event, unfortunately, had to be canceled because Pennsylvania doesn't let more than nine people get together, things like that. But um, so this will really be the first big event of the year and possibly the only big indoor event for the next month or so, month or two. You think about Vegas. I mean, look at, I mean, our Vegas restrictions and they, and by the way, they still are as of today, the governor put another executive order in the, another one's coming up, but in Vegas at the big ballroom, the main championship arena, the maximum number of people we could have in there, including athletes is 50 people. Five zero. About, yeah. And when you mentioned the governor, you meant the governor of Nevada in that particular Correct. case. Yeah. Yeah. So I that, mean, that would be uh, that would be tough. That would be tough to have a Vegas shoot with 50 people. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're just, um, I, I respect all the other organizations and the other tournaments that were being held and I really feel for them. I mean, I, I mean, look, like I mentioned Vegas, it's, it's just terrible. Um, I just think that we're very fortunate, um, you know, to have what we do here and I hope people uh, will come and take advantage of a fun time of archery. So, well, it's quite obvious they already are applying to, because when you look at the number of registrations you've gotten just in the last 24 hours, if you project forward, you could be looking at a couple thousand people wanting to participate in this thing. Yeah. Potentially. Absolutely. Now the, um, the, the shift I'd like to make now would be to talk a little more about Vegas. We touched on it before Steve joined us, but um, let's, let's talk about that a little more. When do you think you're going to be in a position to let people know when they can register for the flight category at this time. Uh, I'm gonna turn that to Brittany, but I would assume very soon. Yeah, we were hoping by end of next week. Uh, until we started working on the Rumble, we were hoping to have it out this week, um, but obviously with an in-person event, we wanted to make sure we gave people time to plan travel and, and hotels and whatnot. So, okay. yep, it's the next thing so, we're working on. So that will let people, um, register online. And uh, let me just get you a little closer to your microphone, Brittany, if you don't mind. Um, what would the procedures be uh, as people are waiting to maybe get a registration in as soon as they can? What what would you expect to be the procedure for that? For the actual event? Yeah. So I, it's going to just be a simple registration. Uh, what we're going to do then is, is prior to the event starting, we'll send every archer a scorecard. So it's gonna be similar to our, our virtual indoor national. So you're gonna get your scorecard, you're gonna print it out. Um, you're gonna find at least two other competitors to shoot the round with. And then you're gonna use the INCO app to submit your scores. So it's gonna be a little bit of a cross between our indoor national event and the World Series event. Okay, <clears throat> lessons learned from the World Series. One of the big ones was a lot of scores had to be disqualified because archers were not on targets that were licensed. What targets are you approving for people to use for this event or have you worked that out yet? You know that we, we almost do, but we don't have it hundred percent yet. And of course we were very cognizant, you know, of the problems world archery had, and I really feel sorry for him on that. Um, 
you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the flight divisions of this, um, we want everybody, obviously, we're a competitive organization. We want everybody to be on as level a playing field as they can. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that what we are going to allow, but it's not the rule yet until the board votes, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to allow um, any three-spot target that meets our, you know, actual measurement, um, which I think would be the Vegas target, of course, and the World Archery three-spot. Um, as to the best of my knowledge, and we're checking it right now with the manufacturers of those at Maple Leaf and a couple others, but we don't care if it's got an extra plus in the center. We just care that the size of the rings are the same. Sure. And so for our international listeners that don't have easy access to a grayback Vegas target, you're saying that a WA approved target will be okay for this. Yeah, that's what the plan is right now. Yes. Yep. Okay, that's that's an important point because yeah, I think you that know, uh, like I mentioned earlier when we had um, you know some of these country representatives calling. I mean, you know, th there's a lot of things we're really thinking that this can help us with. One thing that I mentioned to you, George, way back just in talking when this idea came up, and and we're definitely going to institute it. Anybody that shoots the virtual Vegas tournament or the in-person championship Vegas tournament this year will have a guaranteed spot in the 2022 Vegas tournament. Um, that's a big deal. And I think that's gonna be really great for some of these new people that have never shot Vegas to give them that little push to say, hey, this is gonna be my annual archery event, I'm going. Absolutely, um, I agree. I think that that is uh, a big incentive, um, you know, but I think the fact that you're going to uh, spell out what faces are available and, and the rules about uh, how many holes can be in the target and things like that, lessons learned from the, uh, tremendous effort that WA put forth are going to be quite useful to help avoid any issues with your event. Absolutely. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're going through quite a process, um, you know, vetting everything and um, you know, Brittany and the team here has come up with some pretty cool ideas. Um, you know, I think just the fact that they can, they don't, we don't have to physically send them anything is uh, going to save time. It's going to save obviously expenses. Oh, yeah. Um, we're still going to have some neat Vegas little accoutrements that are going to be available for sale that, you know, people can buy t-shirts, that kind of stuff. Um, oh, good. You know, just some really cool stuff because I, I, I look for this to be a huge event. Um, the other thing that I'm going to add to this, which uh, once again, maybe an additional podcast, um, but I'm kind of glad we have Steve on there because he's a, a championship archer. So he'll, uh, I think, enjoy this comment, but we are going to make, Anybody that shoots the virtual flight Vegas for 2021 still eligible if they want to shoot the in-person championship event, which hopefully we're saying is April, that they're going to, for the first time in Vegas history, be able to shoot that. So, oh, so you, that's a change. A very huge change. Um, and, and really, the reason is, number one, um, it's not going to be thousands of people because obviously we can't handle thousands, uh, you know, for the in-person. But I think there's a few hundred out there that may go, you know what, this is my opportunity to shoot the in-person with the big boys. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll win something. And from the championship aspect, they got to be happy because that adds more money to the pot. So I think everybody wins. And you know what, in the long run, maybe we'll gain some championship archers. Um, that's kind of the thought behind it. And, um, you know, obviously everything is a reduced price this year. We don't have those numbers exact yet, but you know, in, in the big championship 
division that we call the pro division, the open, um, you know, it's been $500. Well, obviously it won't be this year. It's going to have to be reduced. The other ones have been 300, um, you know, and, and, you know, as they go down by different divisions and participation and we'll adjust those accordingly. So just another really cool aspect of uh, giving people the options. Well, that's actually huge news and a big change. And Steve, are you going to think about maybe taking advantage of uh, being able to shoot both the flight and the championship now that that's been opened up? Hold on, George. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) It only works that the flight people can shoot the championship. The championship cannot shoot the flights. Ah. Sorry, Steve. (laughs) No. Yeah, I understood the premise. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. The more the merrier, I say. And getting yeah, I mean, people involved, I think you'll find <clears throat> for a lot of people who are my, – my thought on amateur archery, some people may think, well, I'm not quite shooting good enough to, to be in the pro class. And a lot of times you'll find as you enter the pro class, your level of, of game kind of rises up a little bit. And though just because you're surrounded by those who are typically better archers. So it uh, – it, it helps you get the most out of yourself. So I would encourage anybody to do it. I, I think if you want to be the best archer possible, you need to surround yourself with the best archers you can. Exactly. And that's, you know, our whole thought behind that this year is that exactly what you're saying, you know, if, if you've got a guy that's been shooting um, eight ninety sixes to nine hundreds in amateur, and they've been thinking about it and they're like, God, I'm just not going to make a commitment to go to that and pay that kind of money when I don't think I can do it. Well, here's their chance. And you know, I, I think it's a great opportunity to help promote moving up and to help the advancement of each individual. So I, I think it's a, a good plan. Absolutely. You know, we're looking at, uh, at at some momentum getting started now with all the events. So let's recap, uh, Bruce and Brittany. Um, we've got the Rushmore Rumble. That'll be our first um, actual event taking place in February. Followed by the virtual indoor Vegas. And then pick up again the, uh, the theme behind the indoor nationals still going forward. Okay, the, the indoor nationals right now um, is scheduled to be in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, we are still having some issues with Kentucky and obviously the pandemic stuff. Um, we don't know of the location of that yet. And... Um, you know, there, that could be in Louisville. Um, it could be here in Yankton. Um, it could be anywhere that we could feasibly hold it and still be able to get our kind of numbers. So uh, the one thing we really want to do this year is, you know, last year, we, that was the first one we had to cancel in the big one. And we really don't want to have to cancel an in-person national indoor. So we're doing everything we can. And hopefully we'll be able to pull that one off in March. Okay, and March. Then, Yep. And some, you know, and, and you'll have some information out in the next, I'd say, few weeks in order to let people make plans um, as, as you get closer. Absolutely. Yep. And then the, the last one um, of the indoor series would be the Vegas shoot in person. And that one we're, you know, penciling in in April. Once again, um, hopefully in Vegas, uh, but we don't know what's going to happen. Um, we, you know, we can't control what's going on in those big cities. And um, we just have to play it by ear. But uh, that tournament, obviously, as we've announced, will be an in-person championship. And, um, you know, hopefully we're able to do February, March, and April. 
You know, that's that's our goal right now. Okay. Let me ask you another question. One of the big things that people are going to miss from Vegas this year is that on, you know, that in-person look at the manufacturer's stuff opportunity, which Vegas gives you. It's the largest consumer archery show besides being a big competition of the entire season. Second only, or not second to anything really, second only to the ATA show, which is a closed show. Right. So do you have any plans potentially to have any kind of a manufacturer exhibition or opportunity for people to, uh, to look at gear from manufacturers, anything like that planned for any of your upcoming events at this time? Yeah, you know, at this time, I would say the answer to that is yes. Um, two weeks ago, I would have said no. But I'm and I'm going to have to yield to Brittany here and let her fill you in because I don't know what's been happening. But I've been hearing Rachel and Brittany tell me that the phones and emails are going crazy about vendors and manufacturers wanting to come to the Rushmore Rumble in itself. And that's the first one. So, Brittany, I don't, do you have an idea what we're looking at there? I mean, we'll have a decent amount at the Rumble for manufacturers and, and just in the smaller vendors as well. Um, and then obviously our, our goal is to have our traditional trade show for the indoor nationals, which isn't quite as big as Vegas, but it's close. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I know, you know, I guess what we can tell you right now is what we know. And that is that, you know, the, the short answer is yes, we want to have something. Um, number two, we want it to be safe. Um, and, and number three, we're only going to do what we can fit. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it just sounds very positive. Um, you know, we, we've talked to a few of the existing sponsors, one of which has a really big trailer and, uh, they are like, yeah, we want to come to the Rushmore rumble. We want to make things fit. We want it to work. How will this work? And we're saying, yeah, we'll do it. So, you know, I, I think we're going to have some trade shows, um, and, and, Obviously, as we get the exact location for the other two, then we'll be able to follow up with what we can handle for manufacturers. So I think for the archers out there, they're going to have something. Um, it probably uh, will not be like the original Vegas shoot, but it'll be the best we can do in the times that we're in. No, it sounds like a great plan. I think that uh, something is better than nothing. And you folks have done a hard, a hard job of creating a new opportunity for everybody to get together and shoot in person for the first time in ages. And I, I appreciate it. And I, I'm sure uh, everybody's going to want to take part in this Rushmore Rumble as it gets closer. And um, where can people uh, get more information? NFAAUSA.com is one of the yep, websites. But yep. If you click on the homepage, there'll actually be a Rushmore Rumble link right up top. You just click into there. We have the payouts. We have the schedule, the preliminary schedule, the registration link. Everything you need to know is there. In addition, you've got social media on Facebook. And uh, where can people follow you there? Yep. Same at NFA USA on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Well, Brittany and uh, Bruce, I, I just, uh, I'm excited. I think this is a tremendous opportunity and it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody to be able to get back together again and, uh, and compete. Steve, you looking forward to, uh, possibly getting out to Yankton and dusting off your bow? Well, it feels like, yeah, we've got a, you know, something to compete for at this point and an actual upcoming season to look forward to. So hopefully that is the case and everything can play out and we can get back to archery pretty exciting stuff well bruce and Brittany, i want to thank you for joining us that is some good news a bright spot 
in what has been a difficult time for a lot of folks. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting uh, further conversations with you both as we get closer. Uh, Bruce, as you know, we'll uh, be more than happy to talk to you anytime you want and uh, update the listeners on where things are headed with all of these events. As we get closer to the Vegas registration, we'll want to talk to you about that as well. Absolutely. You know, one parting comment for you guys. Um, the You know, as we look at our close to 400 people that are registered, the one thing I ask Brittany to do is give me a breakdown by divisions. And it's very interesting because um, the championship numbers are following the exact percentage of a normal tournament. Um, the flights are following the same number and so are the youth, which is just excellent news. Um, and what I wanted to add to that is we're trying to scramble to talk to our 25 sponsors and other people that support the NFAA and the Vegas shoot and everything we do. Um, I can tell you from the championship people, uh, check with your manufacturers because I'm pretty sure from what I've heard that all of them are offering contingency for these shoots um, in some form. And that's great news to hear. And we're, like I said, in the process of talking to them individually, but um, you know, so I think maybe additional all... contingency for the Rushmore Rumble, depending on whether companies have that uh, in their budget and can can make that happen. That's possible. Exactly. And like I said, I think almost all of them that I've talked to are doing that. So that's a great piece of news for those that are in the pro and championship divisions. And um, once again, just shows how much the industry uh, wants to work with the shooters and uh, just a great, great sport to be in. So good stuff, Bruce. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. All right. Thank you, guys. And uh, Steve, we're uh, we're we're in the new year, buddy. Oh, are we? Yes, sir. We sure are. Welcome uh, to the first. Welcome to the first podcast of the new year, man. Yeah. What podcast number is this? I believe it'll be one thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. Which I could be, but I I'm pretty sure I'm right. So uh-huh. that's that's a lot of podcasts. Remember when we started this? We were sitting in a we were sitting in a little cafe in a hotel in Copenhagen. Uh, and we were, we're like, you know, we probably ought to do a podcast. (laughs) That was, uh, that was a long time ago. That was at the world championships in Copenhagen and, uh, five years now. Yeah. Speaking of world championships, we've got another one coming up. Uh, that'll be in Yankton later this year, which, uh, I I have a feeling we're going to be in Yankton a lot this, uh, next few months. Sounds like it anyway. We could be competing in Yankton or we could be sitting at home. Take your pick. Oh, I'll pick Yankton all day long. Yeah, absolutely. So good stuff. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for this particular episode of the podcast. You got any thoughts before we go? I have nothing of thought. No, I have not thought one thing. Well, it's the new year. It's early, but you know, I'm sure as thoughts, as thoughts come to your mind, we'll have a podcast about them going forward, Steve. (laughs) I'm doing my best to not think. <laughs>